0: Hi, Marcus here and welcome to the show and another season of Born to Run It. Now I'm calling it another season because I want to call it another season. You know, we made those first four episodes so long ago. It feels like an eternity. One problem I had making those episodes is that I really wanted those episodes to sound like how I built this with Guy Raz. I wanted it to have the music, the background, the fade in and the fade out and all the wonderful stuff that he does. And I started to realize that doing that is actually really, really hard. And so I reached out to Guy and I said, Guy, how the heck do you do it? Your shows sound just so amazing. And he actually replied to me and he said, well, Marcus, I'm at NPR News. I mean, we have a huge staff. We have producers. And I started to realize that instead of trying to sound like Guy Raz and something out of NPR News, that we should just really focus on doing our show. And what is that? Well, our show is really about the entrepreneurs and their journeys. So what you'll find in this new season is that it will be a lot less produced, but hopefully a lot more real. So here's our first episode of the season with Brian Scudamore, who's actually a business hero of mine. When we started franchising Amada Senior Care back in 2012, we would sit around and talk about who do we want to be like? What company would we want to emulate? And one of those companies was Brian Scudamore's One Eight Hundred God Junk. Here's a guy that never graduated high school, quit college, and started a junk hauling business. There's you know nothing that is maybe less sexy than a junk hauling business. And yet, if you follow Brian for a while, you'll see that he's incredibly passionate about what he does. And he has built incredible culture in in his companies. As a matter of fact, if you go to to YouTube and you Google 1-800-GOT-JUNK and his stand-up meetings, I think they're called, they're so fun, they're so amazing. And we've learned so much from Brian. And so having him as the first guest on this new season, quote-unquote, is an absolute honor. Now, if you don't know who Brian Scudamore is, I am shocked. He has been on Oprah, and he's also been on How I Built This with Guy Raz. He is the founder of one 800 god junk as well as WOW One Day Painting and Shack Shine. He's also the author of WTF, Willing to Fail, How Failure Can Be Your Key to Success. So I'm excited for you to be here for this new episode of Born to Run It. Cue the intro. Here we go so anyone can quit their day jobs start a business and call themselves an entrepreneur but the big question is how do you find launch and run a business that leverages your existing skills and talents so that you can reach your financial goals and live life on your own terms That is the big question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm Marcus Mora, and I've helped hundreds of entrepreneurs find, launch, and run multi-million dollar businesses. Now my mission is to help you find yours. Welcome to Born to Run. You talk about in the interview how you talk to your dad, you're like, I'm going to drop off, I'm going to drop out of school and start a junk hauling business, and you share Mm -hmm. how that was a really tough conversation with your dad, and it was, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, here's my dad who believes in university and believes in you got to go to college, you got to get a degree, you got to get a really good education. And so he's done more schooling than most people I've ever met or maybe anyone I've ever met. And I thought to sit down with him and say, Dad, I'm dropping out of college. That was a big blow to him. He's like, my oldest son's dropping out of college to become a full time junk man. What's up? And I think it freaked him out. But it also had him. Realize you got to trust your kids and they're making decisions and they're going to make mistakes the 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 whole 31 years of all I've gone through has been failure after failure But learning and growing and I think that was a big point of failure for me was sitting down with my dad and saying I'm dropping out You know, he thought it was a big mistake, but I had to stand up to my father and and Sell him on you. know, I was still making the decision regardless But I still had to tell him why I believed I was making the right decision.
0: What I didn't find out is who believed in you Uh, throughout your your story about your childhood about high school Mm -hmm. um you didn't finish high school by the way right no i don't get the sense that your parents didn't believe in you but was there somebody along the way that was like brian you can do this or or a mentor or was it just brian figuring things out
1: my parents i think believed in me but they were concerned you want your kids to not have to make the tough mistakes in life if they don't have to So we try and guide our kids. I've got three young kids and I want to help them make good decisions and give my opinion, but they still have to have the failure and make the mistake for themselves. So there I was sharing with my dad, my decision, which he didn't agree with. I don't think he didn't believe in me. I think he was just concerned. And, uh, who did I have around me that believed in me? Not a ton of people at the time, other than maybe my friends. I had teachers who said, Hey, Brian can't do this. He can't focus in school. He can't follow through on anything. But I started to get confidence from within. I mean, whose opinion matters at the end of the day? It's it's your own. Self-confidence is yourself. Well, I was pretty insecure as a kid. I was insecure. I had buck teeth. I had long, stringy, greasy hair. I just, you know, I <laughs> was a kid that was like, I could show you photos. You'd be like, whoa. But it was something where I didn't necessarily feel great about myself growing up. But as an entrepreneur I started to do something for myself and that gave me tremendous confidence. I started to fail and make mistakes but learn from those and get better and go wow, I can do this. I can set my sights on anything my heart desires and go out and make it happen. It took took courage. Getting on the Oprah Winfrey show as an example. It was like what a big bold idea that people didn't believe in. But I would earn my own confidence over time. And, and the more I accomplished these big hairy audacious goals, the more I wanted to set new goals. And talking about Oprah, one thing about your history that's really interesting,
0: if if anybody goes back, you as an entrepreneur, you've done an amazing job at at branding, getting exposure where you shouldn't be getting exposure at the time that you did. Right. Um, you know, front pages of, of major publications in Canada, in the US, getting yeah. all these features. Um, how do you do that? If there's entrepreneurs now that are listening that that think it's so hard for you to get PR nowadays. It, it feels, mm-hmm. by the way, it feels like it's harder today than it's ever been, because mm-hmm. everything is advertorial, right? You have to pay to play, and so many of the things that you've done have not been pay to play, and yet you've gotten huge exposure. It How, how do you do it?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting what is, it's very different today as you said it's harder than ever to get pr because there's so much noise everyone is a storyteller everyone is sharing things on their live facebook live instagram linkedin it doesn't matter it's we're we all have platforms someone can be a thought leader or they can be a complete startup they've got a platform and so back in the day when we were getting press like you said that we shouldn't have good morning america usa today wall street journal cnn forbes fortune you name it and we, we worked at it, but all we were doing, which is very similar to today, is telling stories. We would mine stories from what was going on in our business, what was going on in our world and share it with others. So we'd always just find an angle and pick up the phone and start talking to a journalist and I'd say, I got a great story idea for you. They're like, okay, what is it? And I'd share <laughs> my energy and enthusiasm for that idea. If they liked it, great. If they didn't. I'd say, what's missing? What don't you like about it? And I'd get some feedback so I could go on to the next media uh, giant and pitch them. So we are in the storytelling era. People want good news stories. I mean, you can look at the last uh, bunch of months. You can look at all of 2020 and people can say there's no good news. Well, there's always good news. Find it, tell it. And so as an entrepreneur, you and I, we've got stories to tell find stories of what our employees that are, are, are doing during these tough times to not just survive, but thrive and tell those stories. Now we might be telling them in a different way. We might not be going to CNN, mm-hmm. but we might be creating video and social posts that the good ones spread. Things go viral. Sadly, some of them go viral because they're not true lies spread faster than truths. But when you've got a good news story idea and you start to share it, look at that you know a recent one that hit me was uh tick that guy who's on a skateboard i don't know if you've seen yeah, this one
0: o- ocean spray guy
1: right i didn't even have to say the brand because you knew it and so does everybody ocean
0: spray guy. the most that effective one... campaign ocean spray has ever done the biggest return ever is that dude drinking yeah. ocean spray
1: and so that was somehow just a story of a guy's truck breaks down hot in you know, in the desert, and he's drinking this on a skateboard, and just singing a great song, right? And finding a different way to storytell and create opportunities for yourself.
0: Listen, you and I have have shared a little bit of time, and what surprised me about you is when we've collaborated, you actually are texting me back going, "Okay, I tried this and I tried that," and I think mm. that goes back to your PR uh, and the stories that you've gotten. Mm. It, it hasn't really just been you just sitting back and getting your team to do it isn't a lot of the exposure that you've gotten you yourself have gone after it
1: yeah so I, I know you'd sent me a text, You're like I love that you dive into some of these weeds and details and yeah I do so that I can learn if I just delegate out to my team or worse abdicate out to them and say hey go figure it out I sometimes need a sense of what's going on What what am I what am I seeing how does this work how can I learn and that's important to help shape my ideas of what's possible so i try to let my team really take runway on things if you know as you said almost a half a billion dollar in canadian dollars uh, company i have to empower people and there's very little i can actually do most of the time i have to get out of the way but if i'm focused on something like pr I had to be the guy picking up the phone and making all the phone calls.
0: You got most of the exposure, most of the big things you've gotten. Has it been a PR firm or has it just been Brian telling stories?
1: Yeah, we hired and fired three PR firms. We had one that got us quite a bit of exposure. And we, we still realized, though, that the best thing we could do was tell our own stories rather than a firm tell a client story. And so I would just pick up the phone and pitch it myself. And eventually we built a team. So I would say, no, I did not get most of the PR, but I got some of the big ones for sure. And it's it's part of just, you, you make your own opportunity. You believe in magic and you get out there and make it happen. When I, I wrote a book, WTF, Willing to yeah, Fail, right. and did a, a bit of the book tour of getting out there. And, and right. I was doing a lot of the pitching of the press myself and asking for opportunities. One of the opportunities was we ended up on a NASDAQ, the full NASDAQ billboard, With me and my book, no way I know that. And there's me, a picture out front, looking back at this book, giant Times Square billboard of of me, and that was just getting an intro to someone and asking for the opportunity. And you just, you know, I think a a CEO's job or an entrepreneur's job is to connect uh, people and opportunity and make magic happen
0: with all the, uh, the opportunities that you've gotten and all the PR that you've gotten switch a little bit to content because this has been a, a big topic you have Gary Vaynerchuk screaming from the top of the mountain saying you got to get more content you got to get more content and mm. I think you have entrepreneurs and businesses trying to figure out how to reconnect with their audience right the way we mm. used to connect with our with our clients and our customers perhaps has changed a little bit. How do you connect with your with your customers with your clients in 2020 is content? As important as some of these folks are talking about.
1: Yeah, so it's funny you use Gary Vaynerchuk as an example. You know, I had a question. Let me step back for a second. Because I didn't finish high school, talked my way into college, didn't finish college, my way of learning with my ADD personality is very much connecting with others and picking up the phone, very similar to how you and I have connected and, and right, shared ideas right. back and forth. And so I have what I call my mentor board of advisors, my own MBA. And I'll just pick up the phone, send an email and try and connect with people and pick their brains on ideas. I want to find the best in the world at whatever it is. So as we were starting to create content and getting into that world, I got in touch with Gary Vaynerchuk and I just said, I got to meet you, I got to pick your brains. And uh, he said, no, 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 too busy. And I had a meeting and then he canceled it. Finally I stuck with it because he's all about hustles. There I am in his office. and having a meeting with him that he's creating content out of our meeting. He's mic'd up. There's cameras there. He didn't even say, Hey, do you mind if we record every waking moment is a chance to create content back to your, how do you connect with customers? They want to hear stories. They want to hear, what a brand stands for. If we talk about, wow, one day painting where our business is to go in and paint people's homes in a day. Our value prop in the pandemic went way up because people don't want people in their homes. Well, if you're gonna right. be there for a day and you get the whole place done and you're out, that that's attractive. With any of those businesses, it's just customers wanna know what we stand for as a brand. And uh, creating content is an important part of that. So the Wow One Day uh, brand is an example. One, a bunch of our franchise partners said, people don't really understand that we can paint homes in a day. They don't understand the process. They don't get what it's all about. So they asked me to create some content. And this was right during the the spring lockdown where Mm -hmm. the whole planet was locked down. I saw on Amazon, a little gimbal and I had my iPhone and a proper mic and I got out there and created content myself, explaining what we do and what's important. And the founder telling the story is powerful. Even if it wasn't highly produced and awesome content, it's, it's done really, really well for us. So story tell, figure out the stories, get out there and tell them. You don't need, you know, and Gary Vaynerchuk proves you, you look at his early days.
0: How personal do you think an entrepreneur should get? Do you stick with, let me tell you the story about my brand, or do you also start telling stories about Brian, about my childhood, about um, not finishing high school? Does that connect with the audience? And is it important to go beyond the brand?
1: Yeah. You know, something I've started to talk a little bit more about is mental health. I think that the more you can share the, the vulnerability behind who you are as a leader and people can see you're human, the more they'll trust you. So instead of I think the old school model maybe in the 80s was, you know, stoic business people right. do yeah. not share what's going on really, right? right. And, and now it's like, you know, I say during the pandemic, you know, find me somebody that doesn't have some at times low grade depression. I mean, it's a hard time. You got to put on a mask. You can't see people's smiling faces. Some people are sick, some people are dying. Businesses are closed, like it's freaking hard. While you get hope, yesterday they announced maybe that there's some progress on a vaccine. That's right. There's moments of hope, but it's still the hardest thing that most people that I know have gone through. So why not be real? You know, I, I was saying on one of our huddle meetings, we do a stand up huddle with our entire company every day. We were doing the Zoom meeting and I mentioned this low grade depression thing to someone. And I got this really long, uh, lovely email from uh, someone in our IT department who said, wow, you just gave us permission to talk about this. And I said, I did. And he goes, yeah, because you feel this way. We realize many of us feel this way. And we've been able to talk about it with others. And so he opened up a conversation with his team. He said, you know, that made it okay. And I said, well, thank you to- for his leadership in having the conversation with his people. You know, let's not pretend everything's all great and everything's gonna be perfectly fine tomorrow. Let's look at the opportunities, but let's accept the hard roads that, you know, we might have ahead and let's work together as a team. And when you know that, you know, we've had people in our company have said, you know what, I need a couple of weeks. Yes, I'm working from home, but I still need just a couple of weeks to get my, my head together. And um, that's okay. You know, we yeah. want it, we're building a company where we're taking care of people. Hey, thanks for speaking up and letting us know what you need. It's just being human, right? You know, we build companies. It's a company of human beings. This isn't a, you know, let's just make money and do this and that. It's, Hey, let's build something special together at O2E Brands, which stands for ordinary to exceptional. We always say we're building something much bigger and better together, bigger than we would have ever chosen to, to do alone. And so we're with great people let's at least be real and then then we can better support each other
0: talking about being about being real would you just just for those who are listening a little bit of background about your shift from the the COO that you had hired the high-powered CEO that you had hired who mm-hmm. and and together you guys almost tanked the company to mm-hmm. going to Bryant Church will you just tell that little bit uh, to the folks that are listening and, and what happened to you then
1: yeah so about 2007 and 8 I uh, during the financial meltdown that happened in the world, uh-huh. I rec- I recruited a COO that a, a high-powered 30-person uh, a team a leader of a 30,000-person team. Right. Uh, this person was the leader of a, a division of Starbucks as a president, and I brought this person in and thought, man, I love Starbucks, I like this person, I've hit the jackpot. It turns out, and it took me months to see this, that I brought on the wrong person for me. I brought on someone that I don't think truly got entrepreneurs. We're, you know, we can be an ADD, quirky bunch, shoot from the hip, all sorts of challenges, right? Lots of gifts, but lots of challenges. And I don't think this person saw the value in me. And so it's not like we didn't work well together. We just, I think our visions were gradually pulling apart and uh, had to make a hard decision to make a change. 14 months into that person's um, time with the business, and it was a big challenge because no one in my business, no one thought it was the right thing, except me. Really? Yeah.
0: I didn't know that. So so your gut said, I have to make a change, but your leadership team, everyone in the company said, wrong decision, you gotta keep this guy.
1: Yeah, so I knew 100% it wasn't the right thing um, for my gut and other reasons. And I'm just like, I gotta do what's right. And people in the business didn't agree at the time they would all tell you if you'd interviewed them today, I believe they'd say, yeah, it was one of the best decisions Brian ever made. But as a leader, when they say it's lonely at the top, that's the lonely time when you're making a decision against everyone, especially when I, I pride ourselves as being uh, heavily consensus driven on some decisions. You right. know, We won't get everybody's agreement, but we want buy in. And uh, so I got out there and I said, OK, why did I fail at this? Why wasn't this the right leader for me? And uh, this person's gone on to be successful in other business, but it wasn't a fit for me. And so I got out there and uh, started a search and I said, this time I'm going to get it right. And I took out a sheet of paper and I drew a line down the middle and I said, what are all the things that I love to do that I'm great at within my business? On the other side, what are the things that the business needs that I'm not good at and I don't like to do? Examples being, I don't like to hire, I don't like to train, I don't like to uh, look at the financials. And you know there are all these things that have to happen in a business. I got out there and I started searching, flying on planes all over the place, interviewing people. And I found this one guy, Eric Church, who looked at my side of the list and he's like, those are all the things. And he wasn't just feeding me a line. He's like, I love that stuff. I'm good at that stuff. That other stuff that you're good at, I don't even care about and we spent a lot of time in that courtship phase to make sure it was right for both of us. And uh, before he quit his job and left to do this, we just took the time getting to know each other. And it was really uh, the start of developing a great friendship and a big growth-oriented relationship over driving the company forward. But to me, it's this two heads are better than one, kind of a two-in-the-box model, yin and yang, where we balance each other out. We're both very different people but we need each other and it's it's like magic.
0: Yeah, I think it's that's maybe one way that entrepreneurs fail is they don't have the self-awareness to know what they're not good at, or even if they know what they're not good at, they hesitate to go find somebody that might be better than them at those things, right? Because there's an ego driving, that founder's dilemma of I'm amazing, I built this, I know what's best. Did you always have the self-awareness as, a, as an entrepreneur of knowing what you're good at, putting the right people in place, or was this a learned behavior after failing mm. through
1: it? I think it's a great question. I think it was a learned behavior, making mistakes and trying to be introspective to understand why did I fail? I think human nature, many people, most people, I think, and I've been there, you just want to blame others. You want to externalize. Well, I failed because of COVID. You know. Right, right. Let's look at why, why did you really fail?
0: I failed because my team sucks. I I failed because, yeah, always saying something else, right? Yeah.
1: Totally. And so not externalizing, figuring out what I did wrong and learning and then realizing failure is a gift. Like I fail all the time. I screw up. And when I do, I try not to repeat those mistakes and I learn how do I make better decisions moving forward? So they say there's that quote, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I think most entrepreneurs are in the wrong room. I really think, and I've been in the wrong room before, but I think that entrepreneurs often go, I built this, nobody cares more than me. You wouldn't believe the things I've had to let go or I've chosen to let go of in my business that have blossomed as a result of me letting go. You know, even you talked about media. I didn't land Oprah Winfrey. I wouldn't have had the ability to pitch as much as was necessary. I would have gotten bored as much as was necessary to get that media hit. But Tyler, who was our first... PR hire, he was on a maniacal mission to get that done, and he did it. So you, I think, as an entrepreneur and even as a leader in a department, in a division, letting go and letting others accomplish greatness.
0: Entrepreneurship, it's it is a mess out there. And yet I believe this is still one of the best times in history to start a business. Mm -hmm. A lot of people go, You've got to be kidding. This is the time to be conservative, stay at your job, build. A career and and work for a company, I actually think that right now, just like two thousand eight, two thousand seven, I think was also a really good time to get into mm. entrepreneurship. And I don't care, by the way, if it's Amada, if it's your franchises. Like, I'm not saying a franchise. I'm just talking about entrepreneurship. What do you think about two thousand twenty and all the madness that's going on and its relationship to a powerful time to start a
1: business? I think it's it's way. Uh... It's a way better time 2020 than 2008. 2008 was a good time for sure, I don't disagree, but 2020, a bunch of things are at play. Some government funding to help support people, to support businesses as well, and so you've got businesses that can't unfortunately, sadly, make it work in the, the current environment, and they're packaging people out. Look at the airline business. People that are having to leave corporate America who have always dreamed of running their own business but haven't had the timing be right or might not have had the money or the opportunity. This is helping to create that opportunity for people now more than ever. I also think what, what the pandemic has done, similar to how 9-11 uh, had rolled out, was got a lot of people to look inwards and say, what really matters most? You've got a lot of people right now who are going, I've always dreamed of running my own business. Then take the bull by the horns and do it. and and. The world, the last thing is the world shifted so much in terms of people's ability to, and, and appetite to do things on Zoom, to do more digital business. Right. The world changing so quickly. Our online business for any of our brands, Pick 1 800 Got Junk, went from being a third of our business to more than half. Wow. It, it suddenly changed. Wait, wait, wait,
0: what, what went
1: over to half? Our online portion of our business. So let's say somebody booking a job online through 1-800-GOT-JUNK versus picking up the phone and calling the call center. It used to be about a third of our revenue. And now it's gone, give or take, 50% because the world's changed. So, you know, imagine the opportunity that's out there in this world right now. I've reached out to a lot of entrepreneurs, as as we all have. Uh, I had a, a chat with a woman yesterday, and I was checking in with an entrepreneur friend. I said, how are you doing in all this? She goes... I almost feel bad saying this but 2020 has been my best year yet (laughs) yeah and you you feel bad because of tragedies and all that and and put that aside but she sees an opportunity in the world she's in and she's taking it so long answer but i'm very passionate about i think the best businesses in the world if you if you study history many of them were born out of either people in in hard times personally and having to make a choice
0: so i find that a lot of entrepreneurs they are where you say uh, there's more to me. I want to start a business. I've always wanted to. They've been talking to their spouses for like 10 years. Oh, I wish I was self-employed. But nothing excites them. Right. So how important is it that you're excited about what you start? Can, can somebody just go and start a business that they're not that excited about? They don't really care about it. How, how do you reconcile the two? Is it just about the money?
1: Well, you know, so for me, it's like playing a good game. This is just a fun game, building a business, putting a fleet of trucks out there, a staff of people to go run that business and and watch it grow. Yes, making money is important to watch the business continue to grow and take chips off the table and so on. But I don't think you have to be passionate. I'm not passionate about junk removal. I'm not passionate about painting with Wow One Day Painting. In fact, give me a paintbrush, I'll you know I'll have a, a happy face. I don't want to you know paint. And then uh, windows, gutters, power washing with our business Shack Shine. But all three of them, we've built culture. We've built opportunity. We get to watch people make money and grow and have freedom and lifestyle. And so that's what gets me fired up. Yeah, It's about entrepreneurship. So find something within the business you're passionate about and uh, take the opportunity and run. Brian, thank you so much, man.
0: Really appreciate you spending some time with me. Thank you.
1: No, it's, it's fun. And I love how uh, real it is. I've got, uh, you know, you've got Gabriel running in the door a couple of times. <laughs> I got yeah. sunshine in here out of my window and can hardly see. And this, this is know, it. keeping it real. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: And thank you so, so much for listening to our show. You can subscribe to our show anywhere you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a review. It's your reviews that will help us reach more people who might be searching for their callings and allow us to document and tell more stories of amazing entrepreneurs. If you want to send us a tweet, it's at BornToRunIt. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search for our show born to run it. And if you enjoyed this or any of our episodes, I promise we won't be mad at you for sharing our show on social media using the hashtag Born to Run It. Our show is edited by the wonderful Deanna Mejia. I'm Marcos Mora, and you've been listening to Born to Run It.